Today's show was recorded on March 3rd. I say this because on this episode, we're talking about the situation in Ukraine and things seem to be changing by the minute. Today, we have two really special guests. His Excellency Bishop Edward Kava is the Auxiliary Bishop of Lviv in Ukraine, and he called in to speak with Bishop Caggiano from the war-torn country. And then we have Bishop Paul Kamnitsky. He's the Bishop of the Ukrainian Catholic Diocese of Stanford, and he's going to join the conversation in the second segment to talk about his take on the state of the country and the state of things in uh, Ukraine with the church today. And then Bishop Caggiano will wrap up with his thoughts on our responsibilities. There's an evangelical pastor named Richard Wormbrand who said, there are two kinds of Christians, those who sincerely believe in God and those who, just as sincerely, believe that they believe. And you can tell them apart by their actions in decisive moments. That's the focus and, and the challenge to all of us as we listen to today's really special episode. This is the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM, and on your phone on the Veritas mobile app. We're brought to you by a grant from Foundations and Faith. St. John Paul II told young people, the church needs your youthful ideas in order to make the gospel of life penetrate the fabric of society. So, Foundations and Faith is inviting all Diocese of Bridgeport parishes to apply for parish support grants from the St. John Paul II Fund for Religious Education and Faith Formation. The St. John Paul II Fund focuses on young people and their ideas to elevate and invigorate their faith formation experience. Applications are open now until April 1st. So to learn more or to apply, visit www.foundationsinfaith.org. All right, here we go. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I am Steve Lee, and it is my pleasure as always to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, it's good to see you. And today we're talking about some very serious matters. Yes, so we'll get right into it. Um, we've got uh, an incredible guest with us uh, from Lviv in the Ukraine. We're speaking with Bishop Edward Kava. And just very quickly, His Excellency was appointed by Pope Francis as the second auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Lviv in Ukraine and titular bishop of Chibilia. And uh, along with um, His Excellency, we have Father Jakub uh, Deb Debski, uh, who is also here with us to help translate, and Father Debitsky is uh, a missionary priest to the Ukraine. And um, just with everything happening in your country right now, uh, Excellency, it is an honor having you with us today, and thank you both, Father and Your Excellency. Yes, and I want to, to also add my voice, Excellency and Father, that you have made the time to be with us um, in a moment of tremendous crisis for the people of the Ukraine, but a moment when all the good people of the world and all believers are standing with you, heart to heart. We are very grateful for this brotherhood, for your support all over the world. It is very important for us. We feel it. And, 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 and I'm honored that you're taking the time. I know these have been many sleepless nights for all of you as this tragedy is unfolding. So it's a particular sacrifice for you as well, for which I'm grateful. 
wiele takich nocy, które są nieprzespane, że to wielka ofiara od biskupa, od księży, za co jestem bardzo wdzięczny. No to teraz wszyscy nie śpimy, my razem z ludem czuwamy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are right. Uh, we, we don't sleep a lot. Uh, we are trying to, to be with our people in this hard time. Absolutely. You know, Bishop, this gives you an opportunity here on the Veritas Catholic Network to speak directly to Catholics here in Fairfield County and beyond, and all people of goodwill. So we hear what's going on in our news outlets, but you as a leader of faith and as a brother bishop are firsthand witnessing what's going on, and you can tell us what it is that is going on now. So why don't we begin by just asking the simple question, how are things unfolding now um, in this moment in, um, as the conflict unfolds? Uh, can you repeat uh, this question? Yes, because of course. Translating. Yeah, the bishop can now tell us directly what is what what is going on on the ground right now as we speak. Czy mógłbyś powiedzieć, co się dzieje teraz dokładnie w tym momencie, kiedy rozmawiamy? No, na pewno cała ta sytuacja, która od tygodnia jest, no, od kilku lat, ale od tygodnia w taki sposób szczególny, w której uczestniczymy, wojna na Ukrainie jest dla nas wszystkim wielkim bólem i bardzo dużo ludzi cierpi. This is a great pain for our society. We have to remember that this conflict started in 2014, but now it is escalating. This, this, it was growing up till now, and now this is the top of this conflict. And this society, Ukrainian people, suffer a lot. Pierwsze trzy dni te, tego wybuchu wojny to mieliśmy bardzo dużo ludzi na granicach naszego państwa, którzy chcieli schronić się w innych państwach. In uh, first days we used to have a lot of people who were running out from uh, Ukraine to Poland to Hungary, Romania, Slovakia because they were afraid of war and for now we have about uh, 500,000 people who run away from Ukraine uh, especially women and children. No i wszystko, co zrobiliśmy, to próbowaliśmy tym ludziom pomóc. Karmić ich, dawać im jakiś nocleg, zabezpieczenie, to, co było w naszych siłach. We are trying to help those people for now, because, uh, for example, they have to be uh, at the border um, for two or three days, and we are giving them food, giving them water, we are supporting them in those lines uh, and helping them to cross the border. W tej chwili całe nasze siły przerzucamy na dostarczanie żywności i medykamentów na wschód, tam gdzie trwają działania wojenne. For now uh, situation at the border is quite okay. Uh, and now all our uh, actions are uh, direct, directed to western part of Ukraine. We are try for now we are trying to help those soldiers who fight, who fight for our freedom. Mm -hmm. Bardzo trudna sytuacja jest w tej chwili w Charkowie. The hardest situation for now is in Kharkiv. Miasto jest cały czas pod obszczałami, cały czas ludzie siedzą w piwnicach praktycznie. Mm -hmm. 
the city the city is under attack all the time people for now are not going to have fresh air they cannot come back to houses they are all the time at the cellars uh, they are hiding all the time Próbujemy im dostarczyć żywność, ale nawet nie mamy zielonego korytarza, aby tam się dostać. We are trying to help them, to give them food, to give them support, but Russians didn't uh, uh, didn't uh, make a green corridor with with help. We cannot uh, reach them. We cannot uh, come to them. Dlatego gromadzimy jak najbliżej się da do Charkowa, aby jak tylko się pojawi możliwość ją wjeść mm. do miasta. For now we are uh, we are gathering all the supplies for those people uh, as close as is uh, as it is uh, possible nearby Kharkiv and when uh, the occasion will be we will give them food uh, all, all the supplies. For now we are not able to do it. Bardzo trudna sytuacja jest w Hersonie na południu, gdzie miasto całkowicie odizolowane od, od rzeczywistości i nie mamy żadnego dostępu do tego miasta. Mm -hmm. Very hard situation is in Kherson. It's a southern part of Ukraine. Uh, this city is occupied, isolated. We don't have any contact, any chance to get to, to those people. W Mariupolu od dzisiaj ludzie nie mają prądu, ogrzewania i są pozbawieni jakiejkolwiek komunikacji. Uh, in Mariupol, for example, people don't have heating, don't have electricity, they have no communication, they have nothing. Kijów jest uh, regularnie obstrzeliwany z bardzo mocnej broni, która jest w ogóle zakazana wszystkimi światowymi jakimiś przepisami mm -hmm. i ciągle słyszymy o nowych ofiarach. Mm -hmm. Kijów jest uh, all the time under attack and this is uh, Uh, attack uh, by the weapon uh, which is not uh, um, I forgot the word uh, allowed to to use this is against all the uh, law mm -hmm. Próbujemy poradzić sobie z tą sytuacją w taki sposób. Najważniejszy cel to, żeby ludziom dać żywność, żeby po prostu nie zginęli od głodu. No i próbujemy w jakiś sposób pociągami, różnymi jakimiś nawet małymi transportami dostarczać żywność tam, gdzie się da, tak, aby ludziom przynajmniej w taki sposób też dać nadzieję, no nie, że to wszystko się, to piekło się jak najszybciej skończy. We are trying to get people food, supplies, water, because it's not only the material support, but for them it is also a kind of hope that other people remember about them, that, that they are not alone in this hard time. Wiele innych miast jest obszczeliwanych, takich jak Żytomierz, Winnica, czy wiele, dużo miast takich małych, o których nie chciałbym wspominać. I we, w tych wszystkich miastach już są ofiary. I najgorsze, że są ofiary pośród dzieci. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, other cities are under attack, rocket attack, they are uh, bombing. Uh, and uh, those are cities without any support. The, those are cities that uh, the, there are a lot of civilian people and the the worst thing is that uh, also children dies uh, on, on that attack Absolutely. I, i would say this i think when we here in the united states we are be, we see the images 
of Ukrainians huddling in subway cars, right, to avoid the bombings. Mm-hmm. And we, we see the refugees leaving the Ukraine, and it, it breaks the heart of anybody, right? Particularly those of us who believe that there's a better way. What the Russians are doing is a crime. It's unprovoked aggression. It is an absolute—it's um, beyond a tragedy. It is, um, it is unjustifiable, and I think everyone in, in the West, particularly in the United States, is standing with you right to oppose what's going on to dla nas jest to dla nas jest ekscelencjo bardzo ważne i dziękuję za te takie konkretne i jednoznaczne słowa że że ekscelencja ma odwagę mówić bez takiej dyplomacji tylko mówić po prostu prawdę tak jak jest to jest po prostu morderstwo niewinnych ludzi mm-hmm. your excellency bishop uh, thanks you t- uh, for your support for your words uh, especially for that that you are um, Talk, you are speaking it uh, in a very simple way because uh, we have to know that uh, um, this is a murder. This is uh, the, your words for us are very important because it's not uh, words of a diplomatic way. This is a words of truth. And, and, and I think I speak for millions of people here in the United States, and I certainly speak for everyone in our diocese here in Fairfield County, right? And, and, and you, you, Thank you. And you know, uh, uh, Bishop, you mentioned that you're gathering food and water to help some of the, those who are, are being isolated. And we have read here that there aren't any green corridors, so the Russians are adding more crimes upon crimes by not allowing humanitarian aid to go forward, right? Mm-hmm. But, but my question is, how can we be of help to you right now? How can the church in the United States be of help? że przygotowujemy zapasy, że Rosjanie nie dają zielonego korytarza i biskup się pyta, jak my w tym momencie możemy pomóc, jak ze Stanów Zjednoczonych można pomóc w tym momencie e, e, Ukrainie. No myślę, że to co jest na pewno ważne, o czym wszyscy mówią, ale to jest naprawdę bardzo ważne, aby była modlitewne wsparcie. My mhm. tego potrzebujemy, bo to nawet dzisiaj nasz prezydent o modlitwie mówił, co mhm. mu się rzadko zdarzało, ale mówi o tym. The most important thing is your prayer for us, because we can feel it. Uh, Even our president today said about God, about prayer, that uh, we we can feel it. And it's uh, very important because, uh, you know, our president um, isn't a very... Faithful man, he is not. Uh, right. He is yes, understand. Uh, who is going <laughs> to the church uh, uh, a lot? And today he said that he can feel uh, God's presence here. So, so we ask uh, for your prayer. This is the most important thing for us. Myślę, że drugie, co jest też istotne, aby też Kościół katolicki w Stanach Zjednoczonych zajął przed rządem takie stanowisko, żeby to też jeszcze rząd bardziej zmobilizować do radykalniejszych radykalniejszych działań czy mm-hmm. tych, tych różnych okay. uh, the second thing is that uh, maybe bishops of uh, United States should uh, make a pressure to US government uh, to, to make a, a hard step and uh, and to save us mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think there, there is work underway for us to try the best we can to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But, but there's another piece too, uh, Excellency, and that is I, am, I have the great privilege of being the chair of the board of Catholic Relief Services, CRS, here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And CRS is very much involved with Caritas Ukraine, Caritas Romania, Caritas uh, um, uh, Poland. Um, and I'm making an appeal to everyone listening to this podcast that they should reach out, all right? We have posted ways in which they can donate to Catholic Relief because Catholic Relief Services will bring those supplies right to the front line of the people who are suffering. And that's another way I think we could be of help, right? With money and supplies and and the things that people need right now so they can survive. W tej chwili ja odpowiadam tutaj u nas w naszej archidiecezji, ale też wysłamy to inne za, za żywność i za, za całą pomoc humanitarną i muszę przyznać, że sporo tej pomocy otrzymujemy mhm. dzięki Polsce, Słowacji, Węgrom i też rzeczywiście taka pomoc, która po prostu cały czas mhm. napływa i możemy dzięki pomocy czyjejś pomagać naszym, naszym mhm. tym, którzy są. Okay. Uh, I want to thank you for those words of support uh, because uh, I am responsible. I, I talk for Bishop Kawa. <laughs> I am responsible for uh, supplies. I get um, food and supplies for our people here in Lviv and we drive it to, to the most needed ones. So uh, I want to thank you for, for, for this because uh, we can feel this support and it is very important for us because according uh, uh, you you are helping us and then we can help those who need it the most the most the most excellency how are you doing personally i know the burden of the church falls on your shoulder and your brother bishops how are you holding up through all of this certainly you have our prayers but it's one of my concerns Mm-hmm. Może tak, nie chcę się chwalić, ale od początku po prostu zacząłem się zajmować uchodźcami, nawet na granie, karmiłem ich na granicy. Mm-hmm. Okej, okay. uh, my bishop is very humble and he don't want to say a lot, but uh, uh, I'm not translating now, but uh, he said that uh, he, uh, he is giving food for those people who who are standing at the border on those huge lines. They are standing there for, for three days uh, and he's giving them food. He drives a car, you know, bus with, with the supplies by himself. And as you can see, Your Excellency, he he's not sleeping uh, a lot. I know, I know. But, but he's being heroic in his work, which is what a bishop is called to do. Right. W tej chwili koordynuje sprowadzanie żywności tutaj i mm-hmm. wysłamy tam, gdzie jest konieczność. Okay, now uh, bishop said that uh, he is coordinating uh, uh, in logistic way, let's mm-hmm. say that uh, supplies food uh, which comes to us and he coordinated and give to those people who are in need. No i sam osobiście może przyładuje. I think I think Steve has a question yeah. as well. Steve? Yeah. yeah. Bishop yeah, yeah. Bishop Kawa. Your Excellency, so uh, 
first of all, thank you for the, the amazing work that you're doing out there. Um, you too, Father uh, Dubitsky. But so I have a question about, you know, as Christians, we know we have a hope that is a deep hope that Bishop Caggiano has spoken about a lot because we know the end of the story. And so we have hope through all circumstances. We know that everything works for the good for those who follow the Lord. It, it's easy for me to say, sitting here in Connecticut, how do you maintain a, that kind of hope in the situation you're in and how do you uh, keep that hope among you, the, the Christians there? To, że to wszystko będzie dobrze, ale mówi, że no jemu, kiedy siedzi w Connecticut, łatwo tak powiedzieć, że jest nadzieja. Skąd my tutaj w Lwowie bierzemy nadzieję na to, że, że wszystko będzie dobrze, że to się kiedyś zakończy i będzie ok. My jesteśmy u siebie w domu i to jest też takie bardzo głębokie przekonanie, że na nikogo żeśmy nie padali, to jest prawda, na nikogo żeśmy nie napadali, nikomu żeś, nigdy żeśmy tej wojny nie sprowokowali, niczym żeśmy tej wojny nie sprowokowali. Bishop said that uh, we are just defending our home. This is our home. We wasn't uh, aggressors. We didn't start the, that war. We are just defending our house. And this is the truth. This is the truth that we are defending, not them. Mm -hmm. Ukraińcy też jest narodem, który ma bardzo wielki potencjał taki duchowy, no nie i to teraz widać. Ukrainian people are society with a great spirit and they have great heart and now we can see it. Mogą się kłócić, mogą się tam, nie wiem, nie rozmawiać, ale jak jest taka sytuacja, po prostu wszyscy się łączą w, jeden, w jedno i po prostu i wspólnie działają, jedno drugiego wspiera. This society isn't perfect. We can argue, we can shout for each other, but when aggressor came, we are united and we are helping one to another. I tu się czuje tego ducha, takiego właśnie modlitwy, bo wiemy, że bardzo dużo ludzi za nas się modli. I to we can feel the spirit of uh, uh, prayer, because we know that a lot of people uh, around the world uh, pray for us, and uh, we can feel it now, here, mm -hmm. in, that, in that situation. No i to nas bardzo wspiera, że się ktoś za nas modli, że... Wiemy, że nie jesteśmy sami. This is a great uh, spiritual support and we know that we are not alone. Never. Never alone. Right. Never. Uh, before we end our time together, again, I'm very grateful, but Bishop, you have an opportunity to speak directly to the people of our country here in the United States. So I was wondering what message you want to give to them personally right now. Chciałbyś osobiście przekazać do Amerykańców, do Nowego Jorku i do wszystkich Amerykanów. Tak. Najpierw chciałbym podziękować wszystkim obywatelom Stanów Zjednoczonych, a szczególnie naszym Rzymokatolikom za takie ogromne i konkretne wsparcie nas. At first I wanna thank you all Catholics in the United States for supporting us in that hard time. Dla nas jest to bardzo ważne, że mamy to oparcie braterskie, szczególnie w takim mocnym narodzie, jakim jest naród amerykański. 
this is very important for us that we have uh, support, uh, we can feel this brotherhood, uh, especially that, uh, especially because uh, United Sta United States are in the United States. There are uh, you are a very strong country, and and we can feel it. I prosiłbym Was bardzo, abyście nas nie zostawiali w, w tej biedzie z tym naszym y, nieprzyjacielem, wrogiem, który nas niszczy i morduje. And I wanna ask you for one thing. Do not let us alone in that fight. Prosiłbym też, abyście nam pomogli donieść tą prawdę wszystkim ludziom na ziemi, co tutaj się dzieje. And uh, another question is uh, another uh, and please uh, say about the situation here say the true about situation here to all people and pray for us well we stand with you and we are praying with you and any way we could be of help materially we will find the way and we will speak the truth right because as i said before you were in a very difficult circumstance but i from where i my vantage point All right, can simply say to everyone who is listening, we are witnessing a crime of immense magnitude and that the people who are the believers in the Lord and people of goodwill have to stand up and oppose it in every way we can because we cannot let evil have its way. Simple as that. And you are in my prayers, Excellency. You are in my prayers. I promise to pray for you and Father as well and all of the people of the country and all of the people in the church. You are all in our prayers. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Bishop Edward Kava and Father Jakub Dubitsky, thank you so much for taking the time with us, even in these dire and incredible mm -hmm. things that are happening in your country right now. Um, we need to take a break and we'll continue this conversation when we come back. If this is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. If you're concerned about your end-of-life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. 
Welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. It is my uh, pleasure now, um, following that incredible conversation, to introduce Bishop Paul Komnitsky. And uh, like Bishop Caggiano, Bishop Komnitsky spent time in the professional world before entering the seminary, and he was ordained a priest of the Order of St. Basil the Great in 1988. And he was installed as the fourth eparch of the Ukrainian Catholic Diocese of Stanford on February 20th, 2006. Uh, Your Excellency, we are so honored to have you with us today. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, Bishop Paul, um, I also am very grateful for the opportunity for you and I to chat and, and to help our listeners to really understand the magnitude and the depth of the crisis that is un- that's going on in the Ukraine. And we just spoke to Bishop Edward from the Ukraine itself, but you have a different vantage point, certainly, right, as the head of the eparchy. And, and so I'm going to ask you, fill us in on what you have learned. What is going on in the Ukraine as we speak? Uh, what is happening, of course, is an unprovoked war mm-hmm. uh, from the side of Russia and an evolving uh, humanitarian crisis that I don't think has its, we haven't seen its equal, certainly in this in this century. And all this has happened in the space of a week. It was actually one week ago this morning uh, that the first uh, attacks began. And in that, since that time, the, the situation has uh, deteriorated, uh, you know, uh, very badly. And, uh, uh, people are being killed. Uh, uh, there are uh, now over 1 million refugees, families, uh, small children, uh, displaced, uh, running away, most of them to, to Western Ukraine and then on to uh, uh, other countries, uh, Slovakia, Poland especially, that has been very helpful in, uh, in, in receiving the uh, uh, Ukrainian um, refugees. Mm-hmm. But cities are being uh, destroyed infrastructure that you know has and taken years you know the 30 years that uh, ukraine has been an independent country has been in the space of a week just absolutely flattened so it's really a, a replay of the second world war in the 21st century and i think uh, uh, you know it's it's after a week it's still uh, we're still in shock and uh, it's it's slowly the realization of the um, of the height and breadth of this humanitarian tragedy is is, is slowly coming to, uh, you know, it, it's we're realizing it. I'm, I must say, uh, when you see the pictures on on the news outlets of women and little children huddled in subway cars because yep. that is the the nearest shelter that they have, or yep. they're online, as you say, as refugees trying to, to leave the country that is their homeland and their right to live in in peace, it just breaks your heart. And you think, like we chatted before we started to tape, when, when is humanity going to learn its lesson? It, it's, yeah. it's almost as if it's, we're repeating what happened 70, 80 years ago. When are we going to learn the lesson that, that this sort of aggression, besides it being evil and besides it destroying lives that are innocent, it doesn't achieve, it, it doesn't achieve any lasting good no and it's it's just uh, the 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 heart of it uh, i think is that that it's really the evil intentions of one man a one man who is obviously psychologically ill and deranged and delusional 
and uh, that he has over the course of the years that he has been uh, the leader of Russia has acquired so much power around himself and the ability the ability to unleash such evil not only on Ukrainians but on his own people as well you know right, so right, uh, right. it's, it's, it's Bishop Paul, are you absolutely are you, unbelievable are you in contact with the bishops in the Ukraine are you hearing from the from the ground what's going yeah, on in the church constantly in contact with bishops and with priests and with ordinary uh, lay people as well. I have family in Ukraine, still in Western Ukraine. Oh, so you do? Uh, I'm in contact with them all the time. In fact, just before we were on the air, I was in contact with um, an auxiliary bishop uh, of Kyiv, uh, who is now in in, uh, uh, in in Western Ukraine, in Lviv. His name is Stepan Sus. And uh, he's actually the head of the military chaplaincy uh, in Ukraine, so he was giving me a little bit of information on, uh, you know, the the actual situation on the ground as far as the military is concerned, a chaplaincy, and uh, the refugees, uh, you know, the status there, and it's it's absolutely horrifying, absolutely mm -hmm. horrifying. Some of the, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the even the literal war crimes that that are happening on the ground uh, at right. the moment, right. Uh, on see now you are the eparchial bishop of course and yes. therefore for those and you may actually just for a few minutes explain to us what the eparchy is because many of our listeners may not know there was an eparchy of ukrainian catholics so why don't we start with that and then i'm curious the, the faithful here in the united states um they must be very anxious very very concerned very fearful um but fill us in first on the eparchy so that people understand okay well the uh the history of the eparchy of the of the uh, liturgical presidents or the ecclesiastical presence in the United States stretches back to 1907 when we received our first bishop. Since then, you know, it has developed, and there are now four uh, Ukrainian Catholic dioceses in the United States. Um, and uh, so I'm the eparch or the you know the ordinary of the Stanford Eparchy, which uh, it's, encompasses the New York State and the states of New England. So that's my diocese. And I serve the Ukrainian Catholic faithful uh, there. And there are three other dioceses in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so altogether, worldwide, there is uh, there are 50 uh, eparchies uh, in, the, in the Ukrainian Catholic Church. About half of them are in, in Ukraine. And in the uh, the other half, the other twenty five bishops are scattered throughout the world in the in you know in the diaspora, wherever Ukrainians have uh, immigrated over the past one hundred and fifty years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so together we make up our Ukrainian Catholic uh, synod, and our church is really a global church. So, mm -hmm. but there's so there there's uh, approximately about over about a million and a half Ukrainian people of Americans of Ukrainian descent living in the United States. And of those, I guess about half of them would be members of our church, mm -hmm. of the Ukrainian Church. So, Bishop, Paul, so that and the majority of those would have relatives in the Ukraine, I would think, wouldn't they? Well, absolutely, because here, especially in the Stanford Eparchy, I'm sure that the, uh, probably the majority of my faithful now are recent immigrants from Ukraine that have emigrated here since the fall of the Soviet Union in 1990. And uh, uh, so they have, they are very close to Ukraine. They travel back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, they have relatives there, parents, brothers and sisters. And so this has hit them very, very hard. Bishop Edward had mentioned that there is at least one city, there may be others now that are completely cut off. 
communication. I just learned in the news now that the southern city of uh, Mariupol and also Kherson have been completely encircled um, by the the Russian military. They are uh, bombarding them, and there there's they have no electricity, no water supplies, and uh, it, he uh, no way for the people to to escape. And those are cities of three and four hundred thousand people uh, population. Right. So. Right. Uh, the the humanitarian tragedy is just unbelievable that is happening as we speak. Uh, one of the things that comes across very clearly is the great courage of the Ukrainian people, their determination, right, to resist what is uh, on every level. It's it's unjust. It's it's illegal. It's a crime. It's the what the Russians are doing. However you want to describe it, but it seems that there's just tremendous courage right and persistence and perseverance absolutely and because you know they are defending their homeland you know right. you think of the, if 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 we here in the united states if we were subjected to an unjust immoral attack i think we would react in the same way absolutely and, right. uh, unfortunately in the history of ukraine it's not the first time that uh, the ukrainians have been called upon in such a way to defend themselves so sort of it's in the genes it's in the blood so uh, you know i uh, I know that they are uh, absolutely willing to defend their land and their freedoms uh, uh, to the last dro drop of blood. Right. Is is the Ukraine principally a Christian country? It is principally a, a, a Christian country. Most of the people that live there are nominally Orthodox and belong to one or other of the uh, of the Orthodox uh, denominations. Um, uh, Ukra the uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church, which is a Byzantine church, uh, um, constitutes about 10 or 12 percent of the population. And the Roman Catholic Church is smaller yet. I guess it would be about maybe two or three percent of the population of, uh, of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But it is a Christian uh, nation historically since uh, the mm -hmm. acceptance of Christianity over 1000 years ago. Uh, but about, I would say about 80%, 85% of the population are at least nominally Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between the Orthodox and the Catholics would have been good prior to the war? There's a, a good relationship between the Orthodox Church and... I would say a building, a good, a cordial uh, relationship, because there are different jurisdictions of the Orthodox Church in, um, in, in Ukraine. And certainly with the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, uh, we had very good relations. There is a segment of the population, though, that belongs to the uh, uh, adheres to the Russian Orthodox Church, mm -hmm. and certainly with the people, we have good um, relationships. But with the hierarchy, it was much more problematic. Oh, oh, I didn't. Re oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So now you have been involved with raising humanitarian aid and protesting, yes. right? And getting the word out, the news. So, so let's talk about the protesting first. When we spoke a couple of days ago, you were just coming back from some, some activity in Manhattan, for example, to try yes. to lift the voice up. So one of the things we could do is to raise our voices, those who are listening today, um, in protest, in protest, it is to, to, to stand in opposition. So you fill us in some of the activities that are going on in that regard as well. Well, there's uh, uh, many almost spontaneous protests that have been rallies, pro-Ukrainian rallies that are taking place in uh, all the major cities of the United States where there is a Ukrainian population. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I took part in a, in a, 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 a rally uh, last Saturday, uh, last Friday evening on Times Square. 
Uh, but there's things like that that are happening almost on a daily basis. Uh, Washington, Chicago, uh, here. And in fact, in Stanford, we had a rally um, yesterday, as a matter of fact. On Saturday, I'll, going, I'll be going to uh, Darien, as a matter of fact, uh, to participate in, uh, in, in a pro-Ukrainian rally. Uh, we've been reaching out to uh, 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 legislators, uh, le legislatures and lawgivers. And in fact, they've been reaching out to us. In fact, I was at our main church in uh, Manhattan yesterday, St. George's, and uh, uh, the governor of, uh, of New York State, uh, Kathy Hochul, was, was, president at, was present at the liturgy and spoke to the congregation uh, following. Last Sunday, I celebrated a liturgy also at St. George's Church. Was, you would say with my pro-cathedral, the major church that we have in New York City, and uh, Cardinal Dolan. Uh, uh, was present as well at the Divine Liturgy and addressed uh, uh, the faithful uh, following. So we have received a lot of support. A lot of that's one thing I've. I, I must say that I'm I'm uh, um, gratified at that the level of support from uh, lawgivers, from uh, uh, especially from our brothers and sisters in the in the Roman Catholic uh, dioceses uh, that we have received. Uh, it's it's been it's been heartfelt and gratifying and uplifting. Mm -hmm. What about for humanitarian aid now? There is a dire need, right, for just basic yes, yes. necessities. Um, and the, again, the bishop, the Bishop Edward had mentioned that he basically has driven the bus himself mm -hmm. to, the, to the lines of refugees where he can, and of course there's no access. The Russians won't give any green corridors. They will not allow simple humanitarian aid to get through, which itself is a war crime. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's a war crime. So what we are doing now is there's a um, we are directing all the humanitarian aid to bordering countries, especially to Poland, uh, Poland mm -hmm. and Slovakia, and then from there uh, across the border, the uh, the aid is, is somehow is transported across the border and and goes to the places where it is needed. Of course, some of it stays in Poland because there's so many uh, refugees there already. Uh, but some of it is transferred into Ukraine uh, to help the people that that uh, are, are remaining there. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I do have, I could share with you uh, ways that uh, your listeners uh, can help. Good. Excellent. And we can post that. Also, as you know, CRS, of which I have the honor to be the yeah. chair of the board, CRS yeah. is actively involved with Caritas Ukraine and Caritas Poland and Moldavia and all the rest to provide aid to the front line. So everyone who's listening to this podcast, besides moral uh, outrage and certainly prayerful support, we have to start providing real concrete emergency assistance for all of these one million people who are displaced, who for no fault of their own now don't have a house to live in, don't have employment to go to. We have to help them, and there's concrete ways to do that. And that's one million today, but that number is growing. It's going to grow. Exponentially every day. So there are some estimates saying that there will be eventually once you know this conflict is 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 over there'll be anywhere from three to five million um refugees yeah I, I mean it's just incalculable i mean you're talking about whole cities displaced absolutely right and what then, i'm hope what i'm hoping is the united states itself can can open its arms to welcome a lot of those who are displaced right Apparently, the uh, State Department has said that they uh, will give priority to uh, uh, 
uh, uh, Ukrainian refugees and will ease any um, uh, visa stipulations. So they have right. already indicated that to us. Right. Which then puts you in the position, my friend, of um, of giving pastoral support to a population that could grow exponentially itself. Absolutely, here in the United in the United States, and of course, for many of them, the first stop will be. Uh, New York and the surrounding area. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And therefore, uh, we... even this morning, I have to say that they, I have uh, received telephone calls from some of your good uh, um, um, uh, Roman Catholic faithful uh, saying that they are willing to take uh, Ukrainian refugee families into their homes. That's tremendous. It's tremendous. Uh, I sent to all of our pastors the uh, the Ukrainian conflict fact sheet from CRS and asked them to put it in all of their bulletins to start getting people a direct lifeline to be able to, to aid. But down the road, um, everyone here in the diocese is at your service, Bishop Paul. Any way we could be of help to you, just call. And I will check up periodically because I think we're one family. Absolutely. We're one family. This is what Putin doesn't understand. Mm. He doesn't understand that when people taste freedom, they won't go back. Absolutely. Right? Because totalitarianism is blind, besides being deaf and dumb. But it's blind, right? Absolutely. It, it's, anyway, um, anything else on your mind or on your heart that you want to share? Um, I, you know, the, the one thing that, I'm, that I mentioned, I alluded to a little bit uh, earlier is that, uh, you know, uh, uh, when, uh, when we are, uh, you know, it's situations like this that uh, uh, gives the opportunity um, for people who are your friends to show themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, uh, during the past week, I have been absolutely overwhelmed by this outpouring of love and support and prayer and uh, and the willingness to stretch out uh, the hand of support that I have received from so many people uh, in the surrounding community. It's been absolutely overwhelming uh, from, from, from yourself, from uh, faith leaders of uh, other religious denominations in Stanford and, and elsewhere. And the people and the bishops that I have spoken to are, are three other bishops in the United States. They have experienced the same thing. And it's, uh, it's, it's been absolutely uh, overwhelming and gratifying and uh, it, it just heartwarming. Well, Bishop Paul, Steve has a question for you yes. as well. It's so good to hear that you, um, Excellency, are receiving so much support over here uh, stateside and from, from the community. And whatever the, the Western governments are doing, there is this massive amount of support from the people of the United States and people mm -hmm. of, of Western Europe for the uh, people who are suffering in Ukraine. And I just wonder if the people there in Ukraine know that the people in the West are supporting them so fervently. I think they are. Yes, they are aware of this. Uh, uh, you know, they have good communications uh, through social media uh, there. And, it, it, uh, it, and myself, I myself, when I am in con uh, daily contact with the people that I know, the contacts that I have there, I let them know uh, constantly of this uh, uh, support uh, um, that, it, that is coming to us, you know, to, to help them to lift up their spirits as well. You know, uh, to let them know that they are not alone. 
uh, you know, the, when you're there on the front line, you know, in, in within, you know, they would like a lot more <laughs> support. They would like, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, uh, NATO to come in. I, we know that that's not a possibility. There's not going to be American boots on the ground there. But I know that the United States is doing as much as it possibly can. And I'm letting that, getting that message out uh, to the people that I, 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 I'm in contact with in Ukraine. And they realize that, and they are very, very appreciative of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would think, Bishop Paul, in addition to all of our prayers, that this conflict will end and that justice will be restored for the people of the Ukraine, right? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I'm noticing, too, is the sufferings of the people in the Ukraine may actually be one of the catalysts that will help the people of the United States of all different political persuasions to get beyond the divisions that have just basically paralyzed us as a country. You, you know, know, that's, uh, I don't know if you've uh, listened to President Biden's State of the Union address the other night, mm -hmm. and wasn't that... Um, a beautiful moment at the beginning when when President Biden introduced the ambassador of Ukraine to the United States and the whole uh, house stood as one and applauded. They were it, you, you, and even the uh, political commentators that were, you know, they were saying afterwards that this is the first time in in so long that uh, they have seen the United States Congress united on uh, in, in something, right. you know, right. hopefully right. this augurs well for the future um, on the domestic front as well. I, I, I think we have to show some unity, uh, you know, that we have lost over the past years as a nation. We have to sort of get out of our, our the, the, you know, those individual bubbles that we are you're stewing in and, and, and come together as a nation, because this is, you know, this is a part of Putin's plan as well. He wants to divide and conquer. I, that's very well we said. You have to show that we are united. Right. I think that is absolutely insightful. That is his game book, in part, for the little that I understand, that he thinks that we will divide ourselves and he will just have unfree and unfettered ability to do whatever he wants. And the, and the people of the free world and the people who are believers in the Lord, this is the moment we come together and say, we will not allow that. We cannot allow that, right? Absolutely. So, so we only have a, a few minutes left, Your Excellency. I wanna make sure uh, we get um, on the air the different ways that you mentioned yes. to help. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, besides donating to CRS, which is, you know, and, and through them to Caritas uh, Ukraine, I just want to mention, uh, a couple of other uh, ways that uh, uh, through the Ukrainian community that you, that, that you will be able to help as well. Uh, one thing though, there's a, uh, an organization, an umbrella organization of the, of the Ukrainian community in the United States. It's called the Ukrainian Congress Committee of America. And if you go to their website, which is ucca.org, I'll repeat that, ucca.org, uh, you will find many different ways that you can uh, help uh, uh, financially and materially uh, towards, uh, uh, you know, uh, especially towards the uh, Ukrainian um, refugees. Okay. Also, there is uh, our uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church in the United States has uh, organized uh, a portal as well uh, where you can um, 
donate and, and, and help in that way. And that you can find uh, just by going uh, uh, on Googling uh, Ukrainian Catholic Diocese of Philadelphia. And there, there are other ways, of course, uh, on that webpage, you will find uh, uh, ways to donate through PayPal or uh, writing a check to, uh, to, to the diocese, uh, earmarking it for humani humanitarian aid to uh, Ukraine. For those, uh, th th those two ways, uh, through the Ukrainian Congress Committee of America and through the Ukrainian Catholic Diocese of Philadelphia. Uh, those are the two main ways that we have devised uh, for your listeners, uh, besides CRS, if they wish to have a look and see if you wish to uh, donate in that way. Mm -hmm. Bishop Paul, now that you've given us this information, we'll put it on our diocesan website as well, so that anybody listening can come onto the Diocese of Bridgeport website, and we'll have that same information if they wish to, to donate that way. And of course, for CRS, it is already on the website, and you can actually call one 877 help CRS and make a donation by phone. But this is the moment where people need help. This is the moment people have to step up and be as generous as they can be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. Your Excellency, Bishop Paul Kamenitsky of the Ukrainian Catholic Diocese of Stanford, just want to thank you so much for your, your very good work and your, and your leadership and for being on with us today. Yeah, Bishop Paul, thank you. You have my prayers, my support, all of our listeners, everyone. We stand behind you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, to be with you and again for your uh, for your outpouring of, of, of support and prayer and help. It's, God uh, bless. God bless. Sir. Welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, this was a really special and unique episode today um, where we had Bishop Edward Kava uh, on the ground in Ukraine call in, and then uh, Bishop Paul Kamnitsky, uh, the bishop of the Ukrainian uh, diocese in Stanford. Um, we're going to preempt any listener question this week, Excellency. I just want to give you a chance uh, for a few minutes to, to give your thoughts on, on all of this. Well, well, I appreciate that because I think um, this really is a moment of tremendous decision for every single person who wherever we happen to be because we are geographically thousands of miles away from the Ukraine and we do have the luxury if we chose to do nothing to walk away but the truth of the matter is if we were to do that then we would be betraying who we are and what we believe in not to draw the historic parallel too closely, but at the outset of the Second World War, when Hitler decided to invade countries that um, were innocent and free, and he did it in violation of the law, um, what resulted was a cataclysm for humanity. And I think for those of us who are believers and people of goodwill, whether by our prayers or by our material assistance or by our support in the streets, this is a moment of choice. You either stand with what is right, you stand with what you believe in, you stand with what the Lord has taught us, or you don't. And if you choose not to, then in the end, 
um, whatever unfolds in some way, shape, or form, that you will always have the regret that you could have done something to stop it and you didn't. So I really do think with the witness that Father, that uh, Bishop Paul and, and Bishop uh, Edward gave us, this is a moment of reflection for everybody who's listening. Right? Everybody is called to act. And the only question you have that I have for everybody is how are you going to act? But there's a way for everyone to contribute to this in some way, shape, or form. And the failure to do that is going to have implications for generations to come. So it's very opportune we're in Lent, aren't we? Because we talk about repentance, we talk about mercy, we talk about, and we also talk about standing for the truth. And this is our opportunity to do that. So that would be my spiritual homework for everyone, is to spend some quiet time and say, what am I, go- what am I personally going to do in this, in this moment of decision? Amen. Uh, so I guess with that, we should just, uh, can, I, can I ask for your blessing? Of course. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good gifts. You are the bringer of peace. But peace cannot exist without justice, righteousness, and truth. So we ask you for the people of the Ukraine to bring them justice and peace that this conflict may end and that those who are displaced may find their way back home. But I pray for the gift of courage and discernment for all of us, wherever we are, anywhere on earth, that in this moment of great decision that we may stand by that which we believe in our hearts and what your Son has taught us, that the truth and goodness shall set us free. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, Steve, I'll see you next week. Thanks, Excellency.